All right. Motherbox, episode three. Here we are. <laughs> yes, welcome back. <laughs> welcome back. This is Light Ray, and uh, I'm here with Matron. We, we're digging into... Oh, we're sticking with those, huh? I don't know, man. I'm saying if I say it often enough, maybe it will stick. <laughs> it will stick, yeah. I like that. I like that. So we're talking about Forever People, number three, uh, Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, number 138, New Gods, number three, and Mr. Miracle, number three, today. If you're reading along with us in this uh, journey through um, the New Gods world, the fourth world omnibus, uh, we welcome you back. I want to render a quick apology. We uh, are trying to be on our every other week schedule, but I needed to take a little bit of time because I was being chased by the Black Racer through <laughs> the completion of my dissertation and a family vacation and starting a new job. So it's been a little nuts for me. But Matt, how have you been? Yeah, I've been uh, I've been good. I've been uh, eagerly awaiting our next conversation because these um, these four issues, I think these are probably overall the most solid issues that we've read so far, and mm. and definitely the ones that um, kind of solidify the the belief that we've had that this this podcast journey that we're on is the right thing to do. Because mm. I think these these um, issues, especially Forever People and I mean, I think Mr. Miracle was, was excellent and, mm. and for other people were excellent. But even, you know, the other two issues were, were really strong as well. And I think we're starting to see what everyone loves and what everyone kind of raves about why Kirby's Fourth World is so influential and so mm. kind of important, I think. Yeah, yeah. We're in the heart of it, uh, for real. I'm, I'm with you. On yeah. That. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, talking of other people enjoying it, we've, um, we had a, um, a tweet uh, from uh, James Murphy um who's um who's a fan of the show and he's said um he's jumping in with the um with the lingo basically uh <laughs> hop, you know, the last week's yeah, last uh, last episode and also the episode before we've been kind of uh riffing on the fact that these um the lingo of these uh comics are very much of their time and that's that's not <laughs> as present in these new issues like these these latest issues i was looking for moments to kind of call james up on it and say yeah this is this is what we need to do there is there is one moment that i'll i'll bring up later but um but yeah so um james murphy uh, at james murphy on twitter says uh Motherbox podcast with two ply and Matt Loon is a real gas man. Like dig getting all introspective on the king and uh, <laughs> deep through the boom tube. But for real, they highlight a lot of undertones of the fourth world saga that make it so compelling. And mm. so uh, we thanked him personally on Twitter. But thanks again, James, for, for that. We really appreciate everyone getting involved and making us feel like we're not just kind of uh, shouting into the void about how much <laughs> we love. <laughs> we love Jack Kirby's fourth world. <laughs> so I'm glad that we're getting a little bit of echo coming back, which is nice as well. Yes, yes, indeed. And thank you for those who have um, been listening and who have jumped in with feedback. And uh, just a shout out to my, my, my friend Derek at Comics Alternative Podcast, who's also shouted out the podcast a couple of times. Um, oh, wow. But this is a, yeah, this is indeed a fun ride. And so we want to thank you all for coming along on it. Um, should we dive into Forever People number three? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. It is, you know, these these comics are definitely of their time, but there's ways where they echo into ours. Um, in Forever People number three, the opening splash page is a sea of faces that are sort of zombified in kind of like a crowd of um, astonishment, I guess, or, or mm -hmm. <laughs> um, hypnosis. <laughs> and yes, I think this yeah, issue yeah. is kind of, so the, the, the title is Life versus Anti-Life. And so you get to see a little bit of, um, I guess you could say Kirby's like ideological take on what life and anti-life really would mean, right? And so 
uh, the the sort of uh, zombie-like faces are um, all listening to the propaganda of Glorious Godfrey, who we meet in this uh, beginning of this episode. And um, from the opening splash to the two two page splash that um, that comes right after it is this just um, <laughs> shall we say very timely image of of glorious Godfrey as a propagandist. You know, he's got literal windpipes that are piping out this message of, yeah. you know, life will make you doubt. Anti-life will make you right. And so um, it's really interesting that the doctrine of of really of apocalypse, you know, filtered through uh, the popular media and political propaganda of the time is kind of this message of like avoiding pain and death and actually being able to wield death and pain, you know, and, and here's Mm -hmm. Godfrey, uh, 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 you know, spouting this kind of message and passing out these uh, helmets, uh, (laughs) not red helmets, not red hats, just metal (laughs) helmets that are, um, you know, a part of the uh, the idea that you can be justified if you wear one of these, um, and so there's a lot of the 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 kind of tying together of evil and self justification and all that kind of stuff. So it's just kind of interesting. Um, but anyway, we have this uh, sort of authoritarian or sort of fascist um, messaging that's out there that's really about like you know suppressing critique, and I think this interesting uh, notion of of Kirby being the sort of World War II anti-fascist, as well as picking up on the strains of 60s, you know, um, messaging. And so it, I, I love that in this Forever People, it's it's not just sort of the hippies in the hair. It's really like the the, the kind of 60s intellectual characteristic of, of the kind of insurrection of critique, you know, that is really mm. being held up here. Um, but this is supposed to be a plot summary, and that's not very plot summary-ish. So <laughs> what happens is basically Godfrey um, and what are called these revelationists are, you know, trying to, uh, you know, indoctrinate people with a message of anti-life. And and then, of course, our heroes, the forever people, are um, trying to stand up against it. And uh, and then we meet the Justifier, who is another one of, um, I think, um, Darkseid's minions out here. And uh, he's doing all kinds of... Uh, <laughs> Uh, similarly terrible things. He's got a helmet himself and is burning down libraries and other <laughs> authoritarian yeah, yeah. notions like that. And meanwhile, Godfrey, we see him, you know, getting his hair and makeup done. He's sort of the full celebration of the reality show host that uh, is before its time, who is uh, using and utilizing the media to try to um, sucker fools and, uh, and of course, to combat them. Uh, the forever people save the disabled kid that uh, is being tossed aside and and uh, you know, rely on the mother box to um, to uh, protect them and uh, go into full battle with these helmeted uh, justifiers. And uh, and then really the twist on this I- issue, because we're starting this is the third issue, so we're starting to get a little bit of a rhythm. Is they do the usual ritual to um, to become Infinity Man, you know, putting their hands together on the mother box and becoming uh, united as one as Infinity Man. But as Infinity Man goes to confront um, Glorious Godfrey. Uh, what winds up happening is rather than the victory that we are now assuming, expecting, Dark Side himself shows up and <laughs> stares deep into Infinity Man's eyes, and yeah. through uh, the power of his uh, uh, deep stare, winds up um, disassembling Infinity Man into the composite Forever People, and uh, Desad, his you know right hand uh, evil man, comes and imprisons them, and so we're kind of left with the um, this dark ending where we're finding out really the you know we got this huge splash a uh, huge full page of of um dark sides insidious plans to uh 
to you know unlock the anti-life equation and seize power and uh, our heroes are, are captured by the side and, and we'll have to wait and see what happens so that's kind of how the issue ends so what do you mm. think of uh forever people number three matt I feel like we could do an entire hour on this one issue. I feel like there's so <laughs> I feel like I just did. so much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that wasn't that wasn't my subtle dig. I feel like we could do another hour on this. Yeah. <laughs> no, I feel like this this issue probably more than any others that have come before it. I think this huh. is you know regarded by quite a few as one of the one of the best issues huh. of yeah. the fourth world, and and rightly so because there's so much to unpack in it. And um, I mean, starting from I mean, I you know started from the end, which is a bad place to start, according to uh, right. you know Julie Andrews. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so this this splash page is one of the most iconic images and one of the most iconic quotes that I think in comics ever really. Um, just this, you know, this um, dark side stood there. He's you know glorious Godfrey's basically saying. You know, I've been spouting all this this nonsense, but you can't truly believe it. You know, I, I'm mm. I'm believing you, and I believe in you what you believe, Dark Side. But I don't. Uh, you know, I, I'm 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 in I'm an inventive seller. You know, I'm a salesman mm. that doesn't mm. doesn't indulge in the product. You know, right. and Dark Side comes back with this with this epic epic two oh. you know two speech bubbles. I like you, glorious Godfrey. You're a shallow, precious child, the revelationist, happy with the sweeping sound of words. But I am the revelation, the tiger force at the core of all things. When you cry out in your dreams, it is dark side that you see. Mm. Um, <laughs> that is superb, isn't it? That that is like probably the greatest thing Kirby ever wrote, yeah. and I think it's it's so perfect because mm. it encapsulates the everything that is dark side. You know, dark side is he, he is his namesake. He isn't right. a one individual being. He isn't like a maniacal despot like Thanos. He isn't right. kind of um, you know, a power hungry titan like uh, like Doctor Doom or anything. He is the essence of evil. He is the dark mm. side in everyone. Um and I think it kind of brings us full circle in in Kirby's theology of new gods because mm. you know we have we have Genesis and we have we have New Genesis and we have Apocalypse, mm. of course. But the fact that he calls himself the Revelation, you know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and Genesis Genesis being the first book of the Bible, which is all about life and creation mm-hmm. and birth mm-hmm. and 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 you know new worlds and and the Book of Revelations obviously being you know the the final and right. the, the 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 Apocalypse and the the four horsemen and the the end of things. Right. And he calls himself he is the Revelation. Right. You know, and I like that that play on words that you know, glorious Godfrey is the revelationist, whereas he is the revelation himself. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just perfect. It's just perfect. Oh. And, and you know, I think um, Kirby has. Uh, I think he he's trying to imply that the, le- the letter G is inherently evil, <laughs> because we had glorious Godfrey, <laughs> we had Granny Goodness before, right. and now we've got That's glorious true. Godfrey. You know, so it's yeah. like he's he's not working his way through the alphabet. He's like, yeah, no, G is evil. Everyone needs to know that G is evil, <laughs> which is uh, which is strange. That's um, but yeah, this is this is such a good issue. I like I like what you said about the you know the upending of expectations. You know, this mm. is kind of the first um, the first real cliffhanger that we've mm. seen in in Forever People, certainly. And uh, I think Jim Jimmy uh, Jimmy Olsen's series has kind of meandered through with kind of an ongoing narrative, right. whereas as you say, these issues have been very um, very kind of uh, formulaic. And I think this is where Kirby's turns that on its head a little bit, just yeah. to just to kind of play with you a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, no, I, that page, uh, yeah, absolutely knocked me out with the the prose, you know. But also, mm. exactly that that reveal and Godfrey on the first couple of pages has well, he he opens actually uh, Kirby opens with a, a Hitler quote that you know 
that is the great thing about our movement, that these members are uniform, not only in ideas, but even the facial expression is almost the same. And then, of course, it's a page of these, you know, zombified facial expressions. And so you get mm-hmm. the sense of initially a conflict between um, a sort of like huckster evil, you know, a sort of like, mm-hmm. again, like this propagandist evil versus the sort of authentic naturalness cool of the forever people. But I, I just, yeah. I, it's exactly what you're saying. The, the stakes are so ratcheted up that this isn't just um, a culture war. You know, I think um, mm-hmm. what Kirby is kind of saying is that, the culture war in essence is the sort of core ideological battle between good and evil. And in that yeah. sense, I think he, he aligns a bit of, of that sort of world war two, um, uh, you know, um, uh, like belief in, in a right and wrong, you know, with a kind of sixties yeah. era, like, um, sense of critique versus, you know, authority. And I think that's a really interesting alignment that's happening here. Yeah, ex- exactly. And I think there is, um there is i hesitate to use the word indulgence but there is mm, there is mm-hmm. a certain mm. element of looking at this kind of ideology from mm. the viewpoint of you know the the greatest generation you know from right, the viewpoint right, of right. some of of a generation that has beaten this ideology back right you know right and and kirby's and kirby's message throughout the fourth world saga yeah. is that good will always triumph over evil yeah, yeah. um and the part of this issue that is you know, so prescient today is mm. the fact mm. that this, you know, this kind of ideology, this kind of political activism, this kind mm. of um, uh, fake news, for want of a better word, because, you know, he even <laughs> he even uses that kind of thing in, in there. He says, yeah. you know, um, another poor instrument that vibrates to your message. I shall give you the power to wield death uh, in troubled, fearful world. He faces audience with his truth. Mm. Mm. Um, and obviously his is capitalized. So it's, it's obviously his as in dark side. Sure. But, you know, they're they're he's pitching a certain truth that is yeah. not necessarily factual and yeah. i think that's never more never more accurate than to in today's politics yeah and so yeah. that lends this a more terrifying angle that i think would potentially be seen a little bit more fantastical yep. in the 60s in the sense of they have lived through this kind of ideology yeah. but that's exactly the point they've lived through it whereas we're currently we're currently heading into it right. um and so like there, there is right. that kind of thing of you know dark side and i think God, glorious godfrey especially takes yeah. on this kind of um this evil malevolence that i yeah. think is potentially a little more fantastical at the time this was released rather yeah. than what it is now if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah, yeah no yeah. less real you know no, no less, less real. real because mm-hmm. kirby's obviously he's pulling on real people real ideals yep. and real kind of propaganda that yeah. was that was evident you know 20 30 years before this but um mm-hmm. but yeah and i like the um i don't like but the the <laughs> i find interest in the kind of the justifiers outfit and um, <laughs> the or the justifier in the um what are they called the uh, the people that um the helmets uh, yeah, people with the helmets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought he called them justifiers, but there is like, they they do have uh, more of a name. But it's sure. just there's a couple of things about it, which is like the fact that it's obviously you know got quite a narrow narrow field of vision, which is quite mm. symbolic, I suppose. <laughs> um, and and there's something about it that reminds me of this is probably me reaching, but <laughs> there's something about it that reminds me of Magneto a little bit, and the yeah. idea of like um justifies colors color scheme is quite magneto anyway i suppose but right, the fact that he yeah. has this metal helmet on his head <laughs> and um and like magneto wears that metal helmet to kind of keep other thoughts out doesn't he, he right. keeps telepaths from getting into his brain right and right, i think right, there's right, something right. kind of 
conscious about that idea of them doing exactly the same. You know, they, they don't want other people's influences. They, they, they have their narrow viewpoint, they have their narrow field of vision, yeah. and, uh, and that's all they want. They don't want anyone else invading what they believe to be the, the kind of the right field of view. But yeah, that, no. that could be me. Kind that's of right on. No, actually, I think it, you're totally right, because it's a self-protective, uh, you know, shield around your head. Right. Mm. And it's meant to sort of yeah. have you looking forward so that you can mindlessly dive into the horde. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And contrast that to the sort of wild hair, you know, wildness of the forever people, you know, these young people yeah. who are sort of liberated in their in their headgear, at least uh, to see all around. them. Yes. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a fitting contrast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and like the yeah. the uni- the uniformity of the of the of the crowd and the uniformity yeah. of the of the sheep, That's right. you know, the sheeple, That's <laughs> as right. opposed to That's the right. the new the new gods and the and the uh, the forever people that are very individual and, yep. and and you know, there's even that element at the end where Darkseid splits them apart, and it's yes. like it's almost you know he he's promoting this kind of uniformity. He wants everyone thinking the same, right? Um, but in order to defeat the forever people, he has to he has to split them up and keep them, you know, <laughs> keep them apart. Which is right. there's almost some kind of ironic, you know, twist to that really a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a divide and conquer, uh, and uh, and yeah. keep them in separate locked cages. Indeed. Yeah. But uh, yeah. no, I, I loved your political analysis of. You know, really, what what Kirby is, how Kirby is reflecting the times and the politics, and really how it reaches into today. I think the last page, though, is solid evidence that there's no collusion between Godfrey and uh, and a dark side. No collusion, clearly. Mm. No, no, there's not. No, they, no, there's. Uh, they, they just happen. They have a meeting. You know, yeah. they're not. They're not all bad to these people. Then when, exactly yeah. right. There's fine people on many sides, on many dark sides. <laughs> yeah, many on many dark sides. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah Crazy. oh i love it it's, it's it is a great issue um i guess my last comment when he see if you have other other thoughts too but just that just a brief art note that flashed through my head on page eight of the issue there's a um a scene where there's an explosion and we see three of our uh forever people faces kind of at the same angle something i, I don't know if you have any sense of what I'm talking about, but <laughs> they're all sort of diving hmm. away right so yeah. they're all angled downward and there's a thing about kirby just um being so expert and again blown away right by <laughs> these are like the first three issues we're talking about are all june july so they're all in the same month and yeah. the artistry of these pages is just um mind-blowing at the speed at which he's working but um but anyway hmm. that that angle of face reminds me of something i once read about um just kirby um, actually, part of the reason he was able to work so effectively is he achieves dynamism, but he's already learned through years of honed practice, like, these are the angles that work. And so he's got, like, a repertoire of certain facial angles, and you can see all three of them are in that angle. And and it gave me a little bit of a, a sense of John Byrne, um, who, of course, did some New Gods work after him. And then and then when I grew I mean, I think that, that artistic DNA, when I grew up as a kid, um, stretched to Todd McFarlane, tended to have the same kind of angle of, of faces. And so... Just a random mm. art note <laughs> that just crossed my mind as I was. No, reading. it's yeah, yeah. I think that's that's the you. We're starting to see that kind of those patterns emerge, aren't we? Really, because we're mm-hmm. we're reading them, even though we're releasing these these podcasts, you know, as frequently as as we're able to. Right. Like, but we're still we're still slower than how Kirby's producing them. You yeah. know, so Kirby's writing <laughs> right. and and releasing these issues. You know, we're he's writing them almost faster than he's releasing we them faster than we're right. reading them. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> which is which is insane. insane. But you know, it's just kind of a testament to the fact that that. But yeah, you're right. There will be. There, there, there are patterns kind of emerging, and there has to be, you know. Mm. And you, you kind of think, oh, shortcuts, but that's mm. 
that's the nature of his job you know he totally. has to take those shortcuts yeah. but also it's a it's less of a it's less of a negative the, the negative connotation of taking a shortcut it's almost as you say it's almost an efficiency of yes. of artistry you know right. he he knows what works he cuts away you know he, he cuts through it you know we see that he experiments like he experiments wildly on this issue of uh, jimmy olsen which right. we'll see in a bit but um but yeah the 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 actual kind of dynamism as you say of these pages they never feel same they never feel yes. similar do they every page is different despite the fact that as you say there are going to be similarities in the in the in the uh, the poses and, and yes. the facial expressions and things yeah crazy mm, mm, yeah truly the king yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah brilliant uh, really really good issue this is uh yeah probably my favorite so far i'd say yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. brilliant yeah and in spite of that you know actually i think we we actually uh, uh the next issues match or even even top this one um shall we go on to superman's pal jimmy olsen 138 yes yeah all let's right do it. so i'll do this some on this one as well but um okay. entitled the big boom uh we uh <laughs> <laughs> this is the culmination really of issues and issues you know we've we've hung around with jimmy olsen the most because it's where um it's where uh, kirby started but um really the culmination of the story that's been building up in this um uh, mounting background conflict between the evil factory and uh you know the creation of these dna aliens and the project and all these things that uh, i can't really keep my head around but we start out with the <laughs> uh the um the the old newsboy and legion who's uh, uh, aligned with the guardian and we remember these are old uh you know classic kirby characters from his first time around creating these characters um and they are uh, back in the picture and we get a an awesome another kirby awesome collage page um mm. where uh you know it's this armed convoy of, of security troops from the evil factory that they're they're contending with and they're heading on their way to the the zoomway wild area um and it's all kind of a, a nice setup because um just kind of like um narratively you know we know that the troops are coming and then they're, they're sort of like uh th that's in the background and then we sort of zoom in to superman jimmy and uh the new newsboy legion <laughs> and they're trapped in an egg <laughs> which uh yes yeah I remember this happening did we see this at the I, end of the last issue <laughs> i'm glad you said that <laughs> yeah i don't remember that happening either I but um they're in an egg i feel like we we did we did whiz through the last issue but um i don't remember them uh, being trapped in an egg but there we go <laughs> i think we whiz wagged through the uh through the last issue but here we are they're in an egg <laughs> uh oddly superman can't punch his way through it because it an alien egg with a rubberized wall or something like that and uh uh you know um the the uh, newsboy legion are clack, uh, cracking bad puns about it uh which uh kirby you know for all his, his many strengths is not really that great at writing jokes um <laughs> which no, neither no. am i so it's just not as, as <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah you can't judge him for it there's a brilliant page seven where uh superman and jimmy have these uh unamused faces this very memeable kind of faces of like responding mm. to their bad jokes um so yeah um anyway they they uh, managed to find their way out of the egg because uh the newsboy legion informs superman that he has a power that he didn't know he had if he rubs his hands together super fast then the electricity in his body will create a kind of uh, burst of of energy <laughs> that uh, burns yeah. their way through the through the egg um and then they have to really confront the problem, which is, of course, these uh, the um, forearmed uh, terror that that they uh, you know that has been sort of rampaging around. And uh, Superman and and Jimmy and the the team go and do that. Meanwhile, we get a bunch of background stuff about uh, Morgan Edge. Uh, you know, a little bit of a lead into that via um, Perry White. And then uh, Morgan Edge, we're reminded, and Ender Gang is uh, you know conniving with 
dark side's forces to um, <laughs> make these monsters and make a bunch of these forearm terrors. Yeah. Uh, so that's lurking in the background as well. Uh, and then, um, but of course, we follow our heroes as they confront the forearm terror, and uh, Superman is tossed to the side relatively easily, but uh, manages to, to find a way to defeat not only this one forearm terror that we've met, but there's the army of encroaching forearm terrors, and uh, suddenly the, uh, the, you know, the project uh, security forces arrive just in time in a kind of uh, set of wartime, you know, uh, regalia, whatever, clothing, and, uh, and guns, and they, um, and they try to beat back the forces of this um, army of forearmed aliens, but it winds up being you know, Superman uh, and Guardian using the atomic blast that was the bigger threat in the background uh, to contain, to bury and, and then destroy this army of forearm terrors. Um, yeah. <laughs> hilariously, the last page, uh, <laughs> after having resolved the this impending crisis, the Newsboy Legion is uh, totally disgusted and mad. <laughs> They're pissed <laughs> off to have been protected from the action, and they give Superman the treatment, the cold shoulder, and that's how the issue yeah. ends. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> your thoughts on uh, on this issue? I I enjoyed this issue. I think, that, again, mm. this probably is my favorite Jimmy Olsen so far, just because okay. I feel like mm. it's... Um, not only does it kind of bring this story to a close, which a kind of subconsciously part of me is kind of grateful for. I'm kind of, <laughs> right. I was like, wow, this this really is going on a long time now, you yes. know, in the project and the right. and the evil factory and um, sure. you know, for all of his uh, for all of his creativity, some of the the terminology used in this issue it just feels a little lazy. Like, yeah. Yeah. you know, the the issue is called the big boom, which is just like, okay, yeah, fine, fine, right. <laughs> and, then, and then there's you know, obviously there's the um, the our rival project, the evil factory. And right. it's like, is that their official name? Like, right. is that what they're calling themselves? <laughs> Just yeah, TM, the Evil Factory TM. Um, yeah, so there's a, there's a couple of things with that, but I did overall again. This this issue is a great illustration of just mm. how creative Kirby can be, mm-hmm, how much mm-hmm. fun he seems to be having. Like all the mm. all the fourth world stuff is is a testament to how much fun he's having uh, with mm-hmm. this project and how much you know how much he's relishing the freedom that he's got with this mm-hmm. project. Mm-hmm. Um, but this issue and the Jimmy Olsen issues, as we've said before, is this is his sandbox. This is where he really cuts loose. Yeah. And we see another. Um, we had two, you know, two pages last week, uh, last issue, last issue of Jimmy Olsen, mm-hmm. um, of this photo montage where they were going mm-hmm. through that kind of dream machine, you know. Right, right. Whereas this one, they're they're you know you're seeing the inside of the project, and Kirby's really loose with that. I mean, how did that those two pages look? Only you didn't have this one in the artist edition, did you? No, no, no. Yeah, I'm no, curious I was going to say, we'll see one of those. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm really curious to see what this, um, what these photo collages will look like in mm-hmm. artist edition, because because here I imagine a lot of the luster is kind of lost a little bit with the, you know, the the print, yeah. uh, the the printing of the initial issue, then it being kind of uh, digitized and right. then from digital released on paper again, and right. and it's yeah, so it's it's going to have lost a lot, but at the same time you still get the effect, which is great. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this issue was good. I think it's it brought home the um, the parallels between this storyline and the rest of the fourth world stuff because the rest of the fourth world issues are dealing with gods coming to earth you know mm-hmm, and gods mm-hmm. invading earth whereas um and and man struggle against god whereas right. this this storyline has very much been about man playing as god and man mm-hmm. becoming you know creating their own gods almost mm-hmm. um and and the, and the perils of that and as you say there are kind of parallels with 
Forever People as well, because Forever People had that, um, you know, the, the part of the Justifiers and part of the um, part of Glorious Godfrey's troop was this mm. idea of this almost entitlement. You know, you you will wield death, you will wield power. Right. You know, it is your, you know, you is your right to 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 kind of take control, take back control of your country and your lives, and right. you know, and uh, you know, make uh, make the fourth world great again. You know, and I think, um, and and you know, there, there's there's that kind of parallel with this, you know, the idea that they're creating creating life and creating, you know, dabbling in powers that are that are not theirs to command, and yeah. you know, the consequences of such. But also, I think both the Harrys and the Evil Factory. Uh, they're both two extremes of an idea, aren't they? Really, mm-hmm, you know. And mm-hmm. I think right. the reason I personally feel like I've got a little confused in this storyline is because I don't think there is either side a particularly right. You know, there is no yes, the evil factory is an evil factory. <laughs> you know, so they are clearly <laughs> the bad guys. But I still I don't think that the Harry's hmm. project, you know, this utopia of shutting themselves off selves off from the world and and building their own kind of you know utopian. Um, kind of hippie commune mm. I don't think that's kind of right either I don't think that's kind of it might have been more right in the time that it was released I suppose mm. Um, but I kind of maybe again it's that sense of indulgence in the idea that humanity can live in a in a utopian society mm. whereas mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't kind of potentially agree or, or see that vision being true um, and so maybe I, I feel as though neither side is you know, um, the evil factor is obviously evil, but then the Harrys aren't, right. by by definition, then the good guys. Right. Um, but yeah. But yeah, I thought, hmm. I thought this is a, a good issue. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, to come back to your point on the evil factory, and I, I just, I think one of the things I'm thinking about as I'm reading this is how there's a difference for us as, you know, contemporary readers with um, reading any of this stuff from this era. Um, but I, I think particularly the way that Kirby writes where the development, kind of the establishment of characters or syndicates or organizations or whatever is just done at a different speed, you know? Mm. Like, if you think about the bombardment, like, really, this is, you know, like, we're in the fourth fourth or fifth, sixth issue of Jimmy Olsen and just the third of the others, and the sheer volume of characters that we've been introduced to and characters and concepts and premises and stuff like that, you know? And, I mean, I think that part of the... Part of that for me, like I can't wrap my head around exactly, you know, I don't even remember what the project is called right now. Was it just called the project? I don't know. I think it is just called the project, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But really, who knows what it, <laughs> really what it is. And, and <laughs> it could be anything. It could be anything, really. Um, and and it, even I was thinking about the Newsboy Legion and how um, these characters are supposed to be memorable to me. You know, like I, sh- I should know who these kids are, but I don't, you know, like I don't mm. remember them. And I think part of it is that we're somewhat... Um, uh, you know, used to contemporary decompressed storytelling where characters get enough time on the stage and a certain rhythm by which we get to know them, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's just much more compacted in earlier comics, you know? And, and I find that to be true across the board when I read, you know, Golden or Silver Age stuff, when I read newspaper strips that I just, you know, kids would get one comic book issue to read for a week, <laughs> you know, and they yes, just read yeah. the same thing. and so you'd stare at this one panel where there was a highly overexposited, you know introduction to whatever it was until it made mm-hmm. sense to you and one thing kirby does is he packs in so much with density rather than being able to sort of like unfold something in a slow built scene over time till we get to know each of these characters and their personalities in that in quite that way and so just again like the density of stuff makes me think that it's part of just expectations and reading rhythms of how 
things went then and how things went now. And and so, you know, part of me is trying, I'm trying to parse, is this Kirby or is this just the times, you know? And I, I don't yeah. quite know what percentage of what, but I just recognize that um, the way I'm reading this in a rush because I have to, I get to podcast with Matt about this in a few minutes, as opposed to if I was a kid in 1971. And again, this is like the one comic I got this week and I'm pouring over it, you know, four times. Uh, yeah. means that I have a different kind of relationship to the way these characters are introduced. Yeah, and I think that's it's an extension of that is how fast Kirby's you know releasing them as well. You know, mm, I think Kirby's mm, mm, Kirby's working on these so fast that he right. he potentially himself doesn't have time to pour right. over them. I think his uh, his relationship with them. Uh, very, he's very similar to our relationship with them at the moment. You know, as, as we said <laughs> earlier, like he's writing them, he's writing them faster than we're reading them. Um, but then also, you know, their release schedule was yeah. such that um, kids would have, as you say, like not just the fact that they were released once a month or you know whatever, but yeah. also the fact that kids didn't buy, you know, seventy, eighty comics sure. a month. They <laughs> right. had one, two, three comics that they would pour over. And as right. you say, like yeah, they probably had more time to to fill in the blanks with that. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's strange because this. This series we've commented before, Jimmy Olsen more than any other really, even Forever People, is um, a book that highlights the difference between um, generations. Mm-hmm, and so obviously, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. the 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 new Newsboy Legion is is bouncing off directly from the the older Newsboy Legion, which is right. in itself a a concept, a team that uh, an older generation of comic book readers will be familiar with. Yeah. But then mm. the newer generation of comic book readers are meant to kind of rally around. Um, potentially, you know, obviously Jimmy Olsen is the main character, but potentially the Harrys would be their heroes. Yep. And Superman would be seen as this authority figure. Sure. And <laughs> um, and it has, you know, for all we've mocked for Superman as this kind of character that Kirby seems to have a very different opinion of than others. Sure. I think he has been quite astute in how he's developed him and how mm. he's kind of delivered him mm-hmm. as this, um, you know, adult authority figure that, you know, is must do what's right must you know must be the person that does this that and the other and and kind of pers- the the reader's personification of you know their oh superman saves the day where their mm-hmm. heroes potentially will have to sit on the sidelines is kind of is you know is illustrated in that final page where they're sat there going oh yeah well superman saves the day again you know of course he does <laughs> <laughs> we had to have the adults put us in a room while the you know the adults went off and saved the day for us sure. and it's yeah right. it's, it's there is something quite astute about that really that i don't think is is touched on really elsewhere i think yeah you know other other issues and like you know the the silver age ridiculousness of superman like pre-crisis superman sure. had every single power he needed him to have <laughs> right. like you know creating miniature versions of himself to right. to kind of you know, you know breathing underwater throwing things back in time and stuff yeah it's, it's, right. it's fascinating but um <laughs> but yeah. yeah overall i thought this was a good it was a good issue and i think um it'd be interesting to see the relationship that this series has with the rest of the fourth world stuff moving forward because i know that mm-hmm. more than any other series jimmy olsen goes into some very strange and crazy mm. places that are right. coming up so we'll right. have a lot of that to look forward to i think stay tuned yeah 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 no, yeah the, stay tuned exactly the, yeah. that intergenerational conflict uh you're right on i mean i'm i was just staring at this panel this on that last page um on the you know middle middle column right and uh Superman, oh, so you young people are sulking, eh? <laughs> you know, Jimmy's like, yeah, you guys have no right to hog the nitty gritty market. You know, it's just so... yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's a great, I mean, like Superman has the sort of like old man scorn, and and then Guardian is like kind of incredulous in old kind of old yeah. man kind of way. It's like, but but, but yeah, but, like we, but, we have to save you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this. 
That is fun, yeah. And I do have yeah. to point out, like looking at the um, uh, what's his name, Morgan Edge, the mm-hmm. the head yeah. of the uh, Galaxy newspaper. Yeah. Um, what a misogynist! <laughs> what a, what a what skeevy a guy right? this guy is. Yeah, I hate him. He's like, like he's just the one. His secretary talks to his secretary. He's one the one bit where he says, "Oh, Miss Conway, I'd appreciate it if your typing ability would begin to catch up with your devastating charm." Which in itself is just like, how dare you? And then she comes back with something that's very mild mannered, very reserved, and like, yeah. I never intended to be anything but efficient, sir. Which is quite, you know, very professional. Sure. She's kept her head above the water there. She's not risen to it. Totally. And he's turned around in, in his thoughts in the next in the next panel. He's like, the little snip. She's as good as fired. <laughs> <laughs> what? What did she do? <laughs> it's just, what a dick. Yeah. So he's like total misogynist. And it's just, that just kind of like little throwaway comment was just enough for me. And it's perfect. Because totally. like, it's not like, you know, it's not like Superman's coming out with that. You know, this guy is a bad guy. He, you know, he's, he's intentionally meant to be a jerk. Right. Um, so it's not kind of a, a product of its time in, in right. as much as, you know, of course he would talk that way to his secretary. No, th- this is right. a kind of an, an element of his kind of more, um, you know, more not evil because we do right. see true evil in these comics, but he is right, right, a bad right. guy. No, no, no. Yeah, that's the manifestation in our society, which you don't have to be Matthew Weiner in, uh, you know, 2015 doing the Mad, doing Mad Men to recognize that. Yeah. You can be Kirby yeah. in 1971 and lampoon that, you know, or. Yeah, that commentary was was around in those days yeah, as well, which exactly. is which is reassuring. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All yeah, right, so. new gods. Yes, new gods <laughs> number three. Then, um, so uh, new gods number three, which is called "Death Is the Black Racer," yeah. and I I didn't really read that title until I got half like I got halfway through the issue, and I was <laughs> like, "Oh, Black Racer is death. He's he's meant right. to personify death." Right. And then I've gone back to reread this issue, and I was like, "Oh, it's in the title." <laughs> I was like, oh, "I'm going to have such a known. smart commentary to bring to this issue." It's just like, "Well, I think the Black Racer is death." <laughs> and it's just, "Oh, actually, no, that's the title of the issue." <laughs> So I feel like less. I don't feel as smart now. Yeah, but um, but yeah. So um, uh, yeah, we're introduced to the Black Racer, which is um, this character that isn't isn't really of. He's not of Apocalypse, is he? He's not. Mm-hmm. Of, he's not of Apocalypse, yeah. and he's not of New Genesis. He is right. um, a lot like you know um, the personification of death for Marvel comics, um, mm-hmm. or personification of um, cosmic abstracts that you get a lot more yeah. in Marvel right. comics. You know, right. like right. Eternity, right. Infinity. Uh, um, he is uh, a force of nature. He is he is a a part of the universe for better or worse. There is no such thing as good and evil with the Black Racer. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and yeah, so we see him in combat with Light Ray at the beginning. Um, why why he's fighting um, Light Ray? You know, it's mentioned that destiny their destinies must cross. Mm. So assumedly, you know, the universe has marked Light Ray for death for some mm-hmm. reason. Um, mm-hmm. And so Light Ray is 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 fighting off literally. You know, kind of eva- evading death at every mm. turn, mm. and um, and Metron saves the day by um, <laughs> you know like, opening up a boom tube and sending Black Racer to you know the only other location in the galaxy <laughs> at this point, <laughs> which is uh, which is Earth, obviously, right. of course. Of course. Um, and so the Black Racer uh, kind of heads to Earth um, right. and um, you know inserts himself into. Um, a a gang a gangland feud um, mm-hmm. like the in, the inter gang that we've been introduced to across these um, across these uh, fourth world stories yeah. um, uh, a, 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 an informant for um, you know whoever works against inter gang pre- presumably the the police um, has been shot down uh, in cold blood by um, a Screamer his name was and he was mm-hmm. gets shot down by what's his name what's this guy's name Sugarman. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Sugar Man. Yeah. Which, yeah, Sugar Man. And, uh, and he shoots this guy down and cobbled outside this, what looks like a hospice or a hospital building right. um, or an outpatient kind of building. And he looks in the window and sees um, Sergeant Willie Walker, who's a, a Vietnam hero who's essentially, you know, bedbound, um, disabled, you know, completely paralyzed. Um, and he goes to shoot him and goes, yeah, one, one more person to, to kill. Right. Um, lots of medals, but one big bad wound. Um, <laughs> Sugar Man's going to blot all that misery out, so, you know, blot you out of your misery. And, and Black Racer, you know, clamps his hand around the gun um, and mm-hmm. blows up in Sugar Man's face. Mm-hmm. Um, and Black Racer takes on the form of Willy Walker or, you know, merges, merges essences with Willy right. Walker. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and Willy becomes the new Black Racer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rest of the issue is um, cuts between you know Black Racer being this kind of force that's um, stalking Intergang, mm-hmm. um, and also you know Orion, who is the like, kind of the main character of New Gods, um, working with his human compatriots mm-hmm. to foil an Intergang plot that involves a what looks like an atomic bomb um, right. that's going to go off. Um, and they um, and the the two storylines converge at the end, and um, and the Black Racer and Orion end up kind of inadvertently working towards the same goal, which mm. is they foil this intergang plot. Um, the the atomic bomb goes off harmlessly in the um, mm. in the sky, and uh, and then uh, Black Racer returns to to the life form of Willy Walker um, to kind of continue his um, continue his his life, I suppose, and before he's called upon again. Right. Um, mm. And it ends with saying, Willy Walker's eyes grow wide. He is aware. He now knows his next quarry. Who is it? Him her you um, so basically you know kind of thre- literally threatening death upon the reader which is which is always uh, which is always good um, and yeah so it, it's a it's a it's a strong issue it introduces black razor who's like kind of a, a prominent character in the new god mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. what do you think of um what, what what did you think of this issue overall but what also mm-hmm. what did you think of black racer as a as a character i loved it i mean so you know new gods up till now right we've read a couple issues right and Mm. it's been so cosmic and so big you know we've hung around um uh new genesis and apocalypse and we've laughed at the way it's entered earth because you know dark side is sitting in a chair was that was that (laughs) yeah that was like that was last issue right so so the way that this like you know exciting gorgeous luscious you know uh intricate cosmic world has interfaced with earth has been a little bit uh, awkward, you know, at times. Mm. And, and I think, and I think, what's really fascinating to me about this issue is that Kirby keeps testing that because he knows that basically, you know, this is a cosmic battle, but it, it's it's all about how it winds up uh, being consequential on Earth and for Earth, right? Mm. And so you 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 joked, and it's it hilarious that like, oh yeah, what am I gonna boom tube him to? Oh, I don't know. There's only Earth, right? So that's <laughs> yeah, where yeah. Black Racer winds up. Even but I Jupiter think... would have been better. Yeah, I know. <laughs> or any other <laughs> the countless galaxies, you know. Where there's yeah, yeah. Supposedly stuff going on, right? But um, yeah, yeah. But it does get the sense that um, you know, in a very sort of um, whatever Earth centric kind of way, like there is a destiny and a purpose, a connection to things landing on Earth, you know, mm. and you get the sense that there is an orchestration talk they talk about the source in terms of black where black racer and the many manifestations of black racer occur or arise you know so there is a kind of masterminding of the universe of where this is all going and so you know one i think um what i i feel like the brilliant thing that kirby does here is he so 
I, 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 you know, as we just mentioned with the last issue, there can be this feeling that there starts to feel like there are too many concepts and we're not really mm-hmm. sure how they'll tie together, right? And yeah. I think one thing Kirby does really deftly is he recognizes if I can have one genre slide into another genre, then I'm going to make, because each genre represents a bunch of like associations and worlds that we can just kind of like, you know, like we can kind of slide into. It's like a little outfit that you put on the way that Orion puts on the, you know, goes from his Orion outfit to the, you know, um, very swanky suit that he <laughs> yeah. that he dons yeah, in this issue, you know, really <laughs> tightly tucked into his back. Very, yeah. very tight. Very. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> cool for its times. Cool for our times. Uh, I would wear that <laughs> if I if I was buffed, similarly buffed, <laughs> which, by the way, in that you moment, could pull it off. Don't put you yourself so? down. Oh, OK. Yeah, I think <laughs> Give so. It a yeah. <laughs> but I love, that. I love that he comes out. First of all, that he is like a one page soliloquy about, you know, Ryan soliloquy about who am I? You know, while he's mm. put it on these clothes. And I think that's a fascinating sort of Hamlet moment where he's talking to the mother box um, about his identity. And we know that part of that is, you know, him being on one hand new gods and uh, on the or um new genesis and on the other hand sort of apocalypse right yeah. and and containing with himself these multitudes but also now he must don like the apparel of a human being but i just love this moment when he comes out in his in his uh, fancy new threads and uh they're all commenting and then <laughs> i forget which his name is but the guy goes groovy he looks like he plays pro football and at that <laughs> point at that point <laughs> ryan's like enough we're not talking about this unnecessarily angry like you think like that is an insult to him where i think the guy was like (laughs) i love that that that's such a compliment like but it's kind of i feel like it's almost it's it's kirby's way of having a male character compliment another male character that's right but in a way that is it's it's absolutely heterosexual you know there is no (laughs) there's no there's no uh, erotic undertones because he compares him to a pro football player everyone that's that's the most masculine thing you can compare him to yeah no i like that a lot yeah that was quite a funny moment and yeah enough absolutely brilliant but um you know it's i feel like so so this this is orion donning human form right and I think what happens is that in the course of this issue, what is a um, cosmic story dons the form of a of a sort of like detective crime story, you know, mm. like yeah. like Orion and Lincoln become these sort of like special investigators, and the sort of urban gritty crime drama uh, that takes over the Black Racer story becomes a manifestation of that. So it's just interesting to think about like crime detective story being a genre that manifests the kind of cosmic questions of good and evil uh the conflicts of cosmic questions of good and evil and i feel like kirby really definitely you know slides into that genre to sort of make it all fit yeah i feel like almost um i feel like comics are really also the only real place you can do that as well Hmm. i think Mm -hmm. i think Mm -hmm. novels are very much uh you know you could do that in in prose fiction as well i think to a certain degree Right. But I also think with comics, there is an, an expectation of ridiculous. There's an expectation sure. of fantastic. And yeah. so I think you can you can dip between the genres very well. And I think if hmm. extremely effectively, you know, uh, writers do it all the time now. You know, modern image right. comics are, are nothing if not, you know, spanning genres. You yep. know, like Fatal yeah. by, uh, by Brubaker and, and Phillips is very much... Um, Yep. It's very much like kind of Lovecraftian noir, and it's like, oh, well, yes. uh, those two things should shouldn't meet, you know, but they do, right. and it's perfect. Right, 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 um, right. Yeah, so so I think this is, yeah, th- this is very much him him experimenting in that sense as well. And we've we've seen Intergang in a few other places as well, but they're very much grounded, aren't they? They're very much yeah. kind of of Earth, yet they're dealing in these elements, these kind of demonic 
godlike weapons that they know nothing yeah. about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's this introduction of chaos, isn't it? This idea that they don't know what it is, they don't know what it does, but they're gonna they're gonna set it off, they're gonna blow it up because it introduces this chaos into the world that mm-hmm. that I think Darkseid craves. And again, yeah. it's another subtle kind of way of Darkseid manipulating man by saying, you know, these people will do anything for their kind of petty petty dreams of of gold and and power yeah. and so you know i'll give them this they don't know what they're doing with it it's like you know kind of mon- monkeys with a weapon you know at the beginning of 2001 <laughs> it's like they they don't know what they're doing but they're kind of harnessing this power that is brand new and brand new to them it's it's bizarre but um right. and then you know orion very much kind of as you say you know that that moment where he's talking to himself is a brilliant scene because right. again it's mm-hmm. it only very lightly hints upon this grander this grander mm-hmm. narrative that orion is the son of dark side Right, and right. you know he transforms his face, and his face is like a lot darker. His brow is a lot more pronounced. Yes, um, and he looks a lot more twisted. He's certainly not, um, you know, the the pa- the person that the 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 woman at the, on the previous page says he's positively beautiful, like a living <laughs> statue modeled by the ancient Greeks. And, you know, he, and he's certainly not a pro football player. <laughs> you know, right. when he's got this pronounced brow, you know, he does look like the evil within. And, and that's yes. a brilliant scene. Yeah. But, that um, is brilliant, yeah. But yeah, and I think, um, you know, I think Black Racer himself, I think, is, mm. there's definitely a thread tying, you know, from him directly from something like the Silver Surfer, mm-hmm. like carrying mm-hmm. across, right. because, you know, he, where the Silver Surfer's on, obviously, on a surfboard, Black Racer has got these skis, um, which... You know, I, I think works. You know, I think yes. it works as a character design. It's um, yeah, it's, I, it's cross country skiing is, yeah. has never been cooler. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's uh, it's very it's interesting, but I think it, it works on the page. I think Silver Surfer is is iconic, and I think Silver mm. Surfer is something that kind of by their own admission, Stanley and Jack Kirby just stumbled upon that creation. Right, and it works so perfectly, and I think right. it works. It would work on the big screen. It would work in comics. It works, you know, it works in every kind of thing. I'm not sure Black Racer would translate to the big screen in any way. Like going back to our, one of our original premises, which is, you know, what, what would these issues look like under Ava DuVernay's movie? I'm yes. not sure whether a, a cross-country skier, you know, hopping from rooftop to rooftop it would it would work. But I don't know. It might do. It might do. But, that might um, be that's it. just me. It could be terrible. It could be incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'd like to see Which it. I think you know it might as well be the tagline of these issues. Might it? it could be incredible. Could be terrible. But they work. They work so well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. What overall, you, um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of um, just briefly? What do you think of mm. Light Ray as a character? Because we've not really seen much of him, mm. but he does get kind of a prominent start or at least opening in this issue. Yeah. Yeah. No, he definitely has the role that. Um, Hermes or, or, or Mercury play in mythology, you know, mm. that sort of like um, speedy messenger who's always meant to sort of um, fly in, fly out, and um, and and then be, and then so has a, the, a, a sort of bunch of existential questions tied up with the fact that you're always on the go, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I think sometimes Flash plays that role, especially on team books, you know, of asking yeah, yeah. those kinds of existential questions, being way more consequential than you actually tend to. T- than the space you tend to take up in the narrative because you know by virtue of who you are you're meant to fly in and fly out but um that was the main sense so so the, the yeah the, i think that question at the beginning of why is he being pursued by black racer and is he meant to you know give in or is or must he continue to flee and fly which is of course the answer you know that's what he's supposed to be um always on the run and and in a sense always on the run from death um mm. is a lot of who light ray is um also he just looks freaking cool like 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does look very good, doesn't he? Yeah, so the red yeah, pants. He does, and, um, it's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, he has got that similar similar style to the Flash as well, or at least Wally West yeah. Flash, where he's like yeah, his hair's yeah, yeah. exposed, you know, because right. he's you know his shock of what looks like strawberry blonde hair in the in the digital um, colorization right. um, in um, of Light Ray. I think he's got that kind of element to him. But yeah, I think it's it's an interesting. I think we'll see more of him as we go through, and yeah. and similar with Metron, like Metron kind of comes in and you know he. He's mm-hmm. he's basically he he says I've deflected his flies elsewhere. You know, right. I think it does tie into that idea of the Earth being crucial in right. the destiny of both New Genesis and Apocalypse. But also, yeah. I think it's there is Metron has got that. I think we've mentioned it before. He is he's above ideas of good and evil, and his right. idea he's above idea of order and chaos. And he just right. kind of introduces himself and does something for the for the whim of it. You know, does something right. for the. You know, he says, I master time, space, infinity. Luckily for you, I'm everywhere when needed. But I don't think he kind of planned to to kind of be there. I think he just he just turned up and was just like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll do it now. Because he could have shown up <laughs> earlier. could have shown up 10 minutes ago, but he didn't. He just turned up helpful. kind of right at the last minute. Yeah, he just was like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> I think, but I, you know, Metron just kind of drifts through, kind of walks through these scenes, you know. I, I, I do get the sense a little bit, though, that he there is a, a higher rationality to it. As in, like, if he's late, he knew exactly how late he would be. Because... Mm. There's a certain calculatedness to everything. I mean, he says, you know, uh, you know, I, he says, uh, he, right, he says, I'm in in my Mobius chair. I master time, space, infinity. Luckily for you, I am everywhere when needed. You know, and whether or not that is like intention and, and plan, or or whether that is just like sheer luck, I think there's a certain yes, like yeah. you know. What do you call it? The finger tense, where he's like, "Yes, maybe it is lucky, or maybe I just know everything," you know. And and yeah, and this yeah. is like a fascinating character foil, a set of character foils here, because Light Ray embodies that sort of like very earnest sense of servanthood that hustles to mm-hmm. get everywhere, and Met, you know, Metron exactly has that sort of like um, calculating mastery where I belong to no one because I, you know, my reason uh, allows me to be master of the universe, and uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's like an interesting character contrast. Yeah, from what little I know of the, you know, the rest of the issues of, of the fourth world, mm-hmm. um, I do feel as though I think Metron gets more of a development in, um, in other people's interpretations of the new gods. I think, mm-hmm. like, because mm-hmm. I remember from my from reading Final Crisis, I know that he plays quite a prominent role in the start of Final Crisis, at least. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. um, and I think. Um, you know, he appears in other in other storylines and other things right. like that, and you know, and even like up to kind of Jeff Johns's Dark Side War, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, where Batman, you know, Batman sits in the sits in the, the Mobius chair. chair, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and so I think that kind of elements to to Metron, and it might be the fact that he gets a lot more development later by by design, you know, because as right. as you say, like there's a there's a kind of a mysterious element to to Metron in these issues right. that right. potentially won't get developed, potentially will just be kind of he is mysterious and therefore right. he's got the more he's he, there is more to develop about him than there is about the other characters. So maybe that's why other interpretations of him tend to be a bit more prominent. Or it could just be yeah. that I, I haven't read enough issues, you know, but either way right. it'll be <laughs> no, it'll be interesting right. to kind of see where he goes. He's he's definitely one of the more fascinating characters, isn't he? Totally, totally, absolutely. Old no, and and Metron. the the premise is so tantalizing. You know, you you, mm. you later creators have to pick. You know, like and which Kirby does so much of. He lays out so lays down so many things that um, there's no way that he could have given each of them the the sufficient treatment. So I feel like um, you know later creators are going to want to p- pick up and run with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. Hmm. yeah. So should we move on to the final issue of ours but- then? Let's do it, Mr. Miracle yeah, number three. So, yep. uh, yeah, Mr. Miracle number three. Now, I um, 
I mentioned I then a friend of mine was uh, he's putting together a um a list of um top 10 best single issues um mm. and asking people to kind of enter their favorite top 10 issues <laughs> i actually i've read paranoid pill uh, which is mr miracle number three i read it um more than any other of the fourth world issues and mm. i listed this as one of my top 10 oh um, that's great because i i mean i love mr miracle anyway as a character and i love just this the concept of this issue i think there's just such a purity to the to the concept and i think it kind of encapsulates a lot of complex um ideas that that kirby has and mm. whereas in in some issues like potentially in in jimmy olsen where they the kind of the themes and the ideas like kind of uh jumble upon you know one what they kind of fall over each other you know right. to the point where it does it does become kind of a bit overwhelming as we've mentioned there right. is something stripped down stripped back and so simple about this issue um and um and yeah i, I love the the idea of, of this issue which is essentially um Mr. Miracle is once again called into action to escape a trap that is seemingly inescapable, you know, mm-hmm. and he need he needs a miracle to escape it. The concept of this trap is a a being, an energy being called Dr. Bedlam, um, has um calls um calls Mr. Miracle, calls Scott Free to the top floor um of a f- the fiftieth floor of a high rise building. Um and its office is it looks like a, a huge kind of tower block office building. Mm-hmm. And he says, "All you need to do is get down to the ground floor." Um, but I'm going to drop this paranoid pill into the air conditioning system, and mm-hmm. it's going to dissipate into gas, and it's going to infect the. Well, he mentions thousands of people, which um, <laughs> seemed a bit excessive for even for a 50-story block. But um, you know, for the let's say hundreds of of sure. workers and members of the public, um, yeah. they're all going to go mad. They're all going to have this kind of rabid um you know paranoia insanity and you just have to escape you have to get get through them you know yeah um and um it's been you know this this issue was i first introduced to it by um chris sims and matt wilson of Mm. warwick Mm. ajax um chris sims calls this the the reverse diehard (laughs) which is (laughs) instead of fighting against the enemies you know he's got to he's got to go down and he's got to fight against the public he's got to fight against the hostages as opposed to the the bad guys and it's there is that simplicity to it you know being able to just kind of simply say this is that um and it's brilliant there's like there's like the raid is another um is another book uh, another film that's like that the the dread movie um is very much the similar kind of you know, fighting your way through a tower block full of people right. Um, right. and kill them all, which is um, Kyle Starks's um, series, uh, Kyle Starks's uh, graphic novel that he released before he did um, the um, oh, Ooh, Rock Candy uh, Mountain. Yeah, Rock Candy, Rock Candy Mountain. Mountain <laughs> yeah, so before he did that. That's a very similar thing where two, you know, two criminals, is very, that's a very kind of John Woo homage, huh. you know, where right. two, a crim- an ex-criminal and an ex-cop kind of work their way up. Uh, a, man, a tower block and, and uh, but this is you know this is there's there is that simplicity to it and you know dr bedlam is um uh he's he's described as a living thinking being that exists as pure energy right. uh, a personality without a body so again you know like dark side represents the dark side of everyone like the black race represents death dr mm. bedlam represents madness you know he is the personification of madness and he um he unleashes this this kind of very palpable very um very real fear of um you know the the mindless mob right you know and it's um it's tied in a lot of ways it is tied into that forever people issue you know the idea of of the masses 
being mm, mm, corrupted mm. and brainwashed and turned against the side of good, turned against what's right, turned against their own minds, you know. Right. And um, mm. and yeah, and, and Mister Miracle has to fight 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 through it. And um, and he chooses to do it as he does with every trap. He chooses to go into these traps. Uh, he kind of turns up there and um and yeah fights his way down he has to you know mm. he he jumps over these screaming wild you know mad throngs of people that are fighting mm. against mm. each other against themselves they're they're um you know the the like there's two secretaries that says you ruined my typing and the other one says you lie <laughs> um the bloke says someone here wants to kill me i don't need to work here i'm needed in the president's cabinet it's just like yeah are you is that true <laughs> um and you know a police officer says take cover these corridors are crawling with robbers you know he's he's his worst fears have come to light and they're all kind of shooting against each other but then yeah. you know mr miracle arrives and he's in this you know frankly he 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 must be scary you know he's in this kind mm-hmm. of full body suit <laughs> with like a full mask and a cape um, mm-hmm. and they see him as a demon they see him as um, a foreign spy which is you know again it's quite fitting it is us versus them it's it's calling on you know xenophobia and and saying he's he's another he's not like us he must right. be against us he must be fighting us so all their worst kind of fears and the, the most you know twisted parts of humanity come out and kirby illustrates that perfectly you know almost all yeah. of the faces of these people are a twisted contorted in kind of terror and fear and rage and and they they overpower him as as they would anyone and they they wrap him up in this in chains and ropes and they put him in this box and they wrap the box in chains and ropes Mm, mm. and they they poke spikes through it and things like this then they all pick it up and they the final page ends on a cliffhanger where they're Mm. 45 stories up and there's this central staircase that winds all the way down Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm, like a very mm -hmm. kind of vertigo-esque kind of image of this uh, this staircase and uh, and they toss him off the side and he drops and the the issue ends with him falling uh, in this box in this inescapable box and again that's a very kind of mr miracle you know how is he going to escape you know kind of thing and that's that's a brilliant ending to that issue you know um and it's it's surrounded by people on every every story every floor looking over the edge of the balcony and they're shouting kill the demon send him back to hades toss him down and it's just Mm. it's just really evocative really kind Mm. of um pure in its um in its kind of good versus evil you know fantastical element to it and it's um yeah it's a brilliant brilliant issue Um, and um and yeah you know there is we have to wait till next issue next episode to see how um <laughs> see how mr miracle escapes and uh, if he if he will if indeed he will paul i don't i don't know if he will we um, don't know right? yeah 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 so yeah brilliant and really good and um and kirby fills each panel every panel fills yes. with, with maniacal faces twisted faces yeah. So yeah what were your um what were your thoughts what did you think of this issue oh man i mean i think that the other issues we've talked about in this episode, I wanted to praise, but I wanted to limit that praise to save the the you know the, the most praise for what is clearly a masterpiece of an issue. And I felt the mm-hmm. same way. I actually, um, I told you this before we start recording, but um, so I have the artist edition for Mister Miracle that IDW put out, as well as the New Gods and Forever People. But um, some of these early issues they don't have, so the new gods issue that we talked about and the forever people issue aren't in the artist edition but this issue thankfully is in the artist edition uh mr mm-hmm. miracle number three is in here and i was telling you that i started reading this and i stopped reading because i was just so um uh just completely immersed in the art 
Um, right. And, right. you know, these pages reproduce at the size and being able to see. Um, and, you know, earlier in an earlier episode, I talked about Vince Coletta, who's still inking. And I knocked his his inking a little bit as a lot of, you know, Kirby files. We'll, we'll talk about Coletta taking shortcuts. But I think this issue is an example where whether because he had a surplus of time or or whatever, uh, he really does, a, 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 I think, a, a job that is more like what he did on Kirby's uh, Thor work where, mm-hmm. um, you know, deservingly got praise because there's all kinds of varieties of brush stroke uh, and all kinds of, I mean, the, the inking job on this to um, match with Kirby's <laughs> Kirby's art of, you know, pages and pages of what we have is like, you know, crazy um, uh, sort of psychedelic uh, and monstrous dreamscapes to city buildings with mad crowds of people, you know, with a hundred different facial reactions, you know, hundreds, not thousands, but hundreds, <laughs> hundreds of different sort of like body poses and, 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 and facial reactions. And then to have this sort of central figure of uh, Mr. Miracle, Scott Free, be uh, really kind of readable, legible, intelligible through flying through this um, architecture, really, you know, this, this sort mm-hmm. of like engineering craft work. Um, these pages are totally stunning. I mean, they're stunning. You can see it plainly, but yeah. Um, one day when uh, uh, when uh, Matt, you and I are able to get together, I will, you know, whatever it takes, carry this damn giant book with me to give this <laughs> to you because it's um, an absolute pleasure to be uh, looking at these uh, original art pages. Um, yeah. The the issue also features probably my favorite uh, speech balloon of the whole uh, week, which is at the beginning uh, when uh, Dr. Bedlam is is um first manifest appears among one of these what are they called the animatronic Uh, animates right 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 uh and then starts to reveal his evil intents and then he says uh picks up the phone and says nothing can be hidden from one such as i scott free your telephone number is known to me (laughs) 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 i know everything including your phone number (laughs) And then, yeah, and then at the beginning, yeah, he's like, to, he's like I'm not in the book. How did you do that? That's right, like him and Oberon, and he's like in this uh, death trap, and the phone rings. Like, oh, I gotta get the phone. You know, it's like uh, it's uh, it. It just reminds me of um, you know, some old folks I know who've lived through amazing things. You know, as refugees or or you know, uh, veterans of war who like are like, oh, my cell phone's ringing. Let me go get it. You know, it's, like, it's <laughs> yeah. a telemarketer. Don't worry about it. You know, but just yeah, like the, yeah. There's um, there's a joke in um, a British comedian there, Peter Kay makes. It basically <laughs> just um, talks about the fact that how people have this relationship with their home phone, and just when the home phone rings, no one gets up at first. They all just look at each other and goes, "Who's this?" Who's this on the phone? Who's ringing? Who's ringing at seven o'clock at night? Who is this? Rather than getting up and answering it, they're just having this conversation about who they, who dares to ring the phone. Yeah, and this is very much like that. Like Mr. Miracle even says, "That's odd. I I know no one in this area." (laughs) It's just like, who's ringing me? My phone ringing. (laughs) Yeah, why is my phone ringing? (laughs) Yeah, and just this, this just the fact that again, it goes back to. Dark side sitting in a chair, you know, because of the mundane elements and like Dr. Venom, there could be any kind of comic book way of contacting Mr. Miracle. He could like kind of, he could send like a a divonic bird. He could reach out to him telepathically, but no, he's less like, you know, here on earth by the simple act of lifting this primitive instrument men call a telephone, I should begin the little charade I have planned. (laughs) It's just like he's there just like waiting for it to ring, waiting for it like, they take ages to pick up the phone as well. Right. Yeah, they're like, oh god, the, the phone's ringing, but you're you're trapped, like attached to a metallic device, like underneath a granite block, <laughs> and they still they just take ages for it to ring, and Doctor Bedlam's just sat there, just waiting for it to, to answer. Yeah. 
I'm crying. This is yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> it's so oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, um, no, yeah, the the action in this, and um, I could, you know, we could go on for another two hours just about um, mm. panel by panel. The um, <laughs> we should get Hassan here to get just panel by panel. Yeah, yeah. Go through the um, this the the visual communication or or the arrangement involved in. Um, in Mr. Miracle, you know, getting through this building and us sort of like vicariously going through these, getting through the building and getting through these mobs. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I almost don't have enough words and I, I fear dragging us into, you know, audio descriptions of what really needs to be seen with your eyes. Um, but to, to, yeah. to see some of these pages, you know, and maybe uh, we've been trying to do these in the show notes. Maybe I'll snap a few pictures and send them your way that we could, um, post for people to see what this original art looks like yeah. but really yeah. you know you it's, in its scale and size you just can't uh can't beat the experience no excellent. yeah i look forward to seeing those because um i think as you say like if anything was gonna benefit from from an artist edition i think kirby's mm-hmm. work is is superb you know right um right. and and seeing and seeing that process, I feel like the um calling back to the um jimmy olsen issue briefly there was a mm. there's a moment where the um, I can't remember what they're called. The the DNA aliens are being <laughs> tossed down the hole, and I don't know right, um, right. what it's like in the in the version you saw. But there's um, there's almost kind of a, a sketch a sketchy kind of element to them. Mm, mm-hmm. um, right, there's a different inking style, um, right. and it's almost right. like they're not inked at all. I don't know if, um, if that's the same mm. in your in your version, but um, mm-hmm. but yeah, as they're all falling into the hole, like as Superman says on page right. twenty two of the issue, you know, Superman says they're blindly following their food supply, and yeah. the the, mm. the art style on those um, DNA aliens is very different to. Um, everything else and also it's different to how we've seen them depicted earlier as well so it's kind of maybe mm. it's a sign that um you know Coletta is kind of is, is easing into or kind mm. of more accepting of kirby's his various styles yeah it's very, yeah it's very interesting yeah 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 i mean he's doing so much yeah again like in this issue um between the monsters and the sort of feathery brush strokes that are needed there and then sort of the heavy um painted shadows uh that mm. uh there's a there's a lot of variety that's being called upon here and i think kirby again with the combination of his imagination and his craft so much of what he's doing involves depth involves foreground background and several layers of midground and um yeah and that's just hard to do it's hard to keep up with that you know like i'm sure like yeah. s- screams on the page calls for um a lot of craft and uh really would test the even the best of uh of an inker to to match that yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. um so we've got um mm. we've got a lot to uh to ruminate on before the next episode because there was quite a few cliffhangers oh, yeah. in this uh, right in this episode yeah. wasn't there there's i think all three of them had cliffhangers did they oh no at least um forever people yeah. had a cliffhanger because they were yeah. um we last saw the, the five of them being captured and taken off to um the kingdom of the damned which yes. is, um, you know, scary enough on, on its own. And then um, <laughs> Mr. Miracle is, you know, will he get out of that box as he's falling for 45 stories, you know? Right. And he ends up... Um, and also the, you know, I don't know what... Um, if you've looked ahead to what uh, what is coming up um, mm. in upcoming issues, but um, the next issue of Mr. Miracle introduces Big Barder, which mm-hmm. is right. a huge, huge character um, in many ways, really. You know, I didn't mean that to <laughs> that to be the pun that it turned out to be. Sure. Um, but she's, um, but yeah, she's a she's a very, very important part of the Mister Miracle uh, kind of canon, and yeah. so that's mm-hmm. uh, that's interesting to come up and um, and yeah, and we get to see uh, the first celebrity um, celebrity guest appearance nice. in Jimmy Olsen in the form of Don Rickles. 
which <laughs> right. I, I most of my time you're going to be spent looking up who the heck Don Rickles is because oh. I don't um, I don't know so I'm gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to look that up. Oh, I I, I don't know if there's even the pot, the ability to convey what, who Don Rickles is and how much he means. Uh, who, let's see, when did he pass? Not, not, uh, yeah, I remember the, uh, in memoriams for Don Rickles, but, um, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, we, so, so just to answer your question where I think next up for us is going to be, uh, we're going to, if you're reading along in the omnibus, we skipped, uh, Jimmy Olsen because he sort of horned his way in before Mr. Miracle but we'll go back and do uh, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen 139 we'll do Forever People number 4 um, uh, New Gods number 4 and then I think we'll skip again Jimmy Olsen and go to Mr. Miracle number 4 so that's I think mm. that's probably the plan for, for next episode right yeah I mean I, d- I yeah. don't mind really I'm, I'll um, I'll defer to you on that because um, you've got the you know with the omnibus so close to hand you've got like the kind of the master list of the of the order of things and i think um <laughs> we're going to be getting uh, we're going to get to the point where because there's not many jimmy olsen issues left is there right um right, right. there's uh six by my reckoning um mm-hmm. the six that i've got downloaded on my on my ipad anyway um mm-hmm. and then there's obviously there's going to be more new gods more the most the most epi- uh, issues are of mr miracle aren't they i think kirby stays on mr miracle more than yeah. any of the other series yeah, um, yeah, and I think everything else runs to twelve issues. So, um, so right. yeah, if you think that's um, if that works for you, then yeah, another another issue of each is uh, is fine with me. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I think we keep on that pace at this point. Um, and uh, Matt, this was a good time. So much more that could be said, but uh, you know, yeah. we'll save some of that for for times to come. Thank you all for listening along. Thank you very yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, keep your um, keep your comments, keep your um, compliments coming in, um, and your uh, and your questions, um, your thoughts on these issues, uh, your thoughts on the the new gods overall. Um, and as I say, every every episode, um, you know, if you're an old fan coming back to these issues, or if you're a new fan following along for the first time, mm-hmm. um, definitely let us know what you're thinking of the series overall. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, and yeah, join in with us. Yeah, happy to um, happy to have you aboard. All right, Matt. Thank you. Through the boom tube, we go. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Until next time. I'll speak to you <laughs> soon. Yep, take care.